I'm Lauren. And I'm Austin. We are an interracial couple raising a biracial daughter and have regular conversations about the value of our different experiences and how we want to raise our child. We believe that God made people of different ethnicities for His glory alone. But like many other things, sin corrupts. We have made a mockery out of what God meant to be good. And in comes racism, a very real problem plaguing our hearts and minds and therefore invading systems of this world. So we decided to hit the record button as we discuss race, division, unity, and how to live a life in opposition to this sin specifically. We hope you'll join us as we dive headfirst into current topics, discuss ways to live a life against racism, and ultimately seek on earth as it is in heaven, a place that will be filled with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. You're listening to Grace and Race, a podcast about practicing anti-racism and promoting unity in families and communities. Merry Christmas, everybody. And a happy new year. So we are recording this not on actual Christmas, but when you're listening. <laughs> or New Year's. True. Yeah. <laughs> we got a minute before that one, babe. Yeah, but when you're listening, it is Christmas. So, well, the episode came out on Christmas. If you're listening to this after Christmas, we totally understand. I probably won't be listening to my Friday podcast this Christmas. But we just wanted to bring an episode to you guys. And yeah, just thank you for for joining us for our first first year first couple of months but the first you know time that we're doing a podcast or this podcast it's been a really really fun time and so we thought we would do more of a fun celebratory episode today just to celebrate the day and say thank you to you guys yeah seriously we can't thank you enough for all the support and encouragement and hearing about all the growth and sometimes you know the enemy can get in our heads and make us feel like oh is this even helping is this helpful at all but to hear you guys respond and to comment and uh, to find us and to reach out and say how much of a blessing this has been it it really makes uh, all of the doubting and questioning totally worth it so we love y'all we, we do hope you have a good christmas and new year's uh if you're listening to it and it's not either day that's fine and um, hopefully this can help give a perspective tied to Christmas, uh, just giving you guys a little insight on how the birth of Christ, uh, the biblical Christ. So we talk about biblical Jesus, life, death, resurrection, return. But right now we're talking about the birth of Jesus. Uh, how does that impact racial unity? How does that impact our relationship with our neighbor? Uh, who's from a different racial, ethnic, or national background. So hopefully today gives a little bit of insight, some encouragement, maybe some conviction, but hopefully a lot of encouragement uh, on how to see Jesus's face uh, when we start talking about these things of race. Thanks for that intro, babe. So the first thing that we want to talk about, Christmas is a lot of things to a lot of people, right? It it started in a way that really was pretty secular um, and then just kind of got tied to Jesus's birth because it was convenient. And so it, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of, I guess, different um, 
what's the word that I'm looking for? People to celebrate it for a lot of different reasons. So, yeah, we're... <laughs> Austin was... Just... Sorry. Austin was trying to be subtle. <laughs> the bell's too high. It didn't. It wasn't subtle. So, okay, sorry. Quick pause. Our dog was obnoxiously licking herself like most dogs do and also was trying to get her to stop but the sound that that made babe i'm sorry anyways okay back to my point christmas is celebrated by a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons but one of the main themes that has stuck throughout the years is the celebration of jesus's birth and the thing is is that jesus was not born in december very likely he was born in the springtime around about. And so I think the question of why do we celebrate it at this time? Why is Christmas about Jesus's birth? You know, we don't have that specific, specific answer. But I think the thing is, is that this is something that is so important that it it needs to be celebrated. And so whatever the beginning of it was, whatever the history of Christmas Day is, it is a time for us to stop and to reflect and to celebrate the most important thing that happened in history, the start of the most important thing that happened in history. So, Austin, how would you explain, kind of apart from race, apart from the conversations that we normally have on this podcast, how would you explain the reason that celebrating Jesus's birth on Christmas gives you hope? That's a great question. If you guys are familiar with the song 10,000 Reasons, <laughs> that's probably what goes in my head right now. 10,000 Reasons Why We Can Have Hope. The ones that stick out to me, Jesus being born without the seed of a man, just knowing that he is not in the line of Adam like I am, that gives me hope. That means the struggles, the the trials, the temptations, the things that I fall to, the things that I get tripped up by, Jesus didn't get tripped up by. He was he's not only was, still is, uh, able to um, forgo sin and, and to deny sin, I guess deny sin. Uh, and that gives me hope. So the God that I'm worshiping, he's not only an object. He's not only someone I I worship from afar. He's also a model for me. Um, and I think that's awesome that we have both. Um, so that's that's probably the biggest reason why it gives me hope. I think just an important reminder for those of us who are celebrating his birth today and for those who aren't, that Jesus was not just a random person who appeared one day. He was promised from the very beginning of time. In the Garden of Eden, whenever after Adam and Eve sinned and, and sin was brought into the world, God actually prophesied about someone who would be from Adam and Eve's line, who would, Satan would strike his heel, and then he would crush his head. And we know 
later that that person would eventually be Jesus on the cross. And though Satan, you know, striked his heel, that ultimately Jesus would be the one to crush the head of of the enemy of, of sin. So, you know, from the very beginning into, um, you know, God promising Abraham that he would bless every nation through the line of Abraham, right? And then we see the Jewish people coming out of Abraham's line. We see prophets telling about this Jesus and and who he would be and what the, all these specific things would be like about how he would be born and who he would be born to. All of these things, it, it's like this buildup, this thousands of years of building up to this grand event that actually wasn't so grand. It was, you know, a husband and wife who were pregnant out of wedlock, who the world probably looked at and laughed and mocked the fact that they were even together. The fact that, you know, Mary, Jesus's mother, had said or, or told that, that the child who is inside of her, um, didn't have an earthly father and was from God. They were not popular, I'm sure. Joseph's choice to stay with Mary, even though she was pregnant, not by him. I'm sure he was mocked. He was made to feel embarrassed. And so they they go on this journey. And if you've ever been really pregnant (laughs) before, you know that riding in a car is not comfortable. So they were traveling by donkey, right? And so that couldn't, that, I just, I just can't even imagine what that would have been like. Um, And then, of course, you may know the story. Every single room in the inn was, was full. There was no places for them to stay with a bed. And, and Mary was getting so close to, to giving birth. And so they wind up in, what was probably something like a little cave with animals around. And and though our little nativity scenes, these animals look perfect and beautiful and clean, it wasn't clean. It was, it was far from the sterile environment of the hospitals that we give birth in today. And in this moment, in this night, um, there was born a, a baby who is like, in a lot of ways, the babies that that are born to us. I've got a, I've got a little, a little son growing inside of me right now. And when Jesus was born, probably wasn't a halo over his head. He was probably born with all the icky stuff that most babies are born with. He probably was crying because he was a child and a human in, in complete form. And the beautiful thing that Austin just shared is that he came and he took on our own our flesh. And while this baby was a baby, he was also God. A hundred percent. And 100%. and that might sound crazy or confusing if you if you're listening to this and, and you don't really vibe with <laughs> with this type of Christmas celebration, but we would love to talk to you more about that. Here's the point. The way for humanity to be to be made right with God was for a perfect sacrifice 
to take on all of our sin. And so Jesus came down. He took on our flesh. He never sinned. So therefore, he was the perfect sacrifice. He was the lamb without blemish. And, you know, 33 years after that night in Bethlehem, he went to a cross and he died one of the most horrific deaths that anyone could ever die. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And so this story of Christmas is not just about this scenic night in Bethlehem. It's really about a night that wasn't scenic, probably at all. I I imagine that Mary and Joseph, (laughs) you know, had they known that this is the way that we would be celebrating, or maybe if they had seen our little nativity scenes that we have in our house, they probably would laugh because it's not exactly what it looked like. But, but this celebration, this night that we, that we take heed of on this day was the beginning of the 33 year journey to the cross. Mm. That's the thing that is so joyful. And I was just talking about Abraham, right? So let's rewind back, back all the way to the book of Genesis, to the, to the beginning or the beginning of time, at least in comparison to where we are now. God promises this man named Abram that who is about mm, 70 years old, who is childless, that his family, his family line, who he did not have at the time because he had no children, through that line, all nations would be blessed. That was a very specific wording at the very beginning of this story, right? All nations would be blessed through him. This man who didn't have any children, who had no reason to think that that anyone was going to come from him because he was so old at this point. He and his wife were so old that, that they couldn't have children, right? His wife had probably already been through menopause. Like this was not in the cards for them in their mind. But God didn't just say, your family will be blessed. He said, all nations will be blessed. So from the very beginning of this promise, we see that this Jesus wasn't just for one people. He was for all people. He was for people of all tribes, all tongues, all nations, all ethnicities. And as we might put it today, all races. So Austin, talk to me a little bit about so the hope that that this Christmas story gives and brings. How can we apply that to our pursuit of racial unity? Yes, so when we look at Jesus's ministry and what he told his disciples right before he left earth, as we know it, it was a very specific call. Go to the ends of the earth. Um, Go tell people what you've witnessed. Go tell them. Go let them know. And that is very powerful because he's not saying, okay, get everybody grouped up in one locale or one location. You guys stay there and just hoard it and keep it with each other. He wanted it to be spread to first the Jew, then the Gentile. And that's powerful that he had all of us in mind from different racial, ethnic, and uh, national backgrounds. Now, race as we know it is unique in the U.S., right, in America, it's unique. Um, 
and I, I want to make sure I acknowledge that. So the Bible, when it uses the word race, it's talking about the human race, right? There's only one race, just all of humanity. <clears throat> but culturally in our country, uh, we use race in a different lens, a different word. And it's to describe the color shade of our skin, right? Uh, to basically talk about different levels of pigmentation. So when we look at the hope and how Jesus uh, impacts it, when he says, hey, go tell the world about me, there is a love and a compassion for people who look differently than you. It has to be there because Jesus is saying, I am the gift. I'm the greatest thing that you can give someone. <laughs> it's me. It would be cruel. It would be cruel for him to say, you know what? Go tell everybody how to get rich. Because money doesn't compare to God. It doesn't. It would be cruel. It's because they go tell everybody to just be nice to each other. That would be cruel. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is deeper than nice. <laughs> God is deeper than nice. Right? His love is is unfathomable. It's very difficult to describe, to articulate, right? So he's saying, hey, I am the greatest in the universe. Share me with everyone. That's the water that won't run dry. That's what's going to satisfy the people. Share me. Give me to other people. And the way you talk and the way you live and the way you love, give me to other people. So the other people should excite us because that means God is saying there's not a place or a person or a people group that I want you to hold yourself uh, or hold me from. I just read the story of Jonah to my baby girl. And you know what hit me for the first time? I'm reading a children's book. You know what hit me for the first time? Really hit home. Jonah was not going to speak to the nation of Israel. He was going to people outside of that national group. There's there was racial ethnic differences and he didn't want to go preach to that group because they were doing wicked things. But God wanted them to turn from their wicked ways to turn to God. And so God said, no, Jonah, I know they're not from your tribe. I know they don't look like you. They don't sound like you. They don't act like you. They don't talk like you. I know that I want you to go there and tell them to repent. Tell them about me. What did Jonah say? Nah, I don't want to do that. They're wrong. Runs off and God has to get a whale or a fish to swallow him and hold him in there for three days. He's in there praying. <laughs> God, God, I'll do it. You know, so long story short, when we really study the birth of Jesus and we look at the life of Jesus, the love for someone who looks different, acts different, sounds like different, it's supposed to go up. In Jesus, um, it's supposed, especially things that are ordained and chosen by God, like our racial backgrounds, our geographical locations. Those are things that um, our family units, right? Those are things we don't put an application in for. God chooses those things for us. One thing about the Christmas story that we've been really reflecting on in this season actually came from, or we heard this idea for the first time in a daily devotion that John Piper puts out um, every day. It's called Solid Joys Daily Devotional, and you can get it on whatever podcast app you're listening through. And um, the episode was called, let me pull it up. 
Messiah for the Magi. Mm. Again, kind of going back to our nativity sets that we have sitting out around this time of year. Usually we've got a few shepherds and then and then the three kings who are kneeling by Jesus. But in reality, uh, what what probably happened was one, we don't know that there were just three kings. And two, they weren't really kings per se. They're what you call magi. And they probably wouldn't have been there at Jesus's birth. They probably would have been there weeks or likely even years later after he was born because they were traveling from a really long way away. Um, They would have been magi from the east, which would have very likely been like Babylon, Persia kind of area. And they were coming. And, you know, in our culture, when we open the book of Matthew and read about the magi, we we just think about the, you know, the little kings who are... um, who are by our nativity set, right? That's that's kind of what we think of. But had you been reading it in the time that it was written, had you been reading these words, you would have known really specifically that the Magi would not have been Jewish, right? They they would have been Gentiles. Gentiles just being people who who are not Jewish. And at the, at that time in that culture, the divide between Jew and Gentile, you know, it was a, it was a division that was put up between people, and in a lot of ways, it kind of looks or looked a little bit like our racial divisions or other divisions that that we kind of set up today. And so, to have this, to have these two very specific people groups, right? That that are made very clear in the Bible. So the shepherds came. The shepherds would ha- would have been Jewish, and the Magi came, and they would have been Gentiles. It's a really specific and really interesting thing to think about is that before Jesus died on the cross, before he that, that was open to both Jew and Greek, both Jew and Gentile, then... God had, and like like Austin was saying, with the Ninevites and with all of these people kind of throughout history, God is showing that he's grafting people in to his people from all of these different places. And that's exactly what heaven is going to look like, right? We know from Revelation 7, 9, maybe, is that it? That whenever John looked up, he saw people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, right? He could see the difference in them. He could see that they weren't all people who were the exact same. He could see that they were from different nations, that they were that they spoke different languages, right? He could see all of these people together, and there were probably visual, physical differences between those people. We know that that is coming, and that gives me a lot of hope because in this fight and this pursuit of unity, it can be really easy to become discouraged because here's the thing. Here's what I know about this earth. I know that even though Jesus came that night and I know that even though we have hope in him for the future and hope in him today, that sin isn't leaving this world until he comes back and makes it new, right? We still we are still living in a broken humanity and and as long as sin runs rampant, then racism is going to be a thing. 
But we also know that Jesus tells us to pray and to pursue on earth as it is in heaven. So even though it can be easy to become discouraged, it can be e- become easy to think, what's even the point? What's even the point? There's there's not going to be a winning, right, to this to this fight or this pursuit for unity. It's already been won. It's already happened, right? It's already going to happen when I, in in heaven, right? In eternity, it's already going to happen. And that would not be a thing had Jesus not come and had Jesus not been born as a child and did what he did while he was on earth. And it's because of that freedom that we can, or that that fact that we can freely pursue on earth as it is in heaven. We can fight for that. We can, you know, we can pursue just things because at the end of the day, we are going to be living in a completely just world a completely just new earth and new heaven and we're going to be doing that with people who are like us and people who are not like us and there will be no more division that is where that is where I get so excited and where I think you know it can be easy to listen to these episodes or to have these conversations and to walk away like oh man this world is a lot worse (laughs) than I thought it was an hour ago um But also in that same vein, we can look forward and look, look into what John saw as God was showing him what eternity would be like and say it was, it was because of the cross. And, you know, like I said, that journey to the cross started in a manger. It was because of all of that, that we can look forward to this hope that all things will be made right even the most horrible of horrible things that are here right now. And because all things are going to be made right one day, I can freely pursue getting there as close as we can on this earth here and now. Beautiful. Well said. Mm. Well, that's that's all we have for you guys. <laughs> Not a lot of application points to come out besides just set, set your eyes forward and keep walking forward. We're so thankful for you guys. We're so thankful for this little community and for the way that you guys encourage us. Um, we would love for you to continue to do that. It, it really warms our hearts. And and like I say every week, it it's really easy to, you know, just feel like we're talking to, to the air and, um, and kind of wonder like, who's even hearing this? But, um, but we're so grateful whenever you guys stop us when you see us in real life and encourage us or send us messages or write reviews or however however you're doing it we so appreciate that and it makes us excited to keep on going this is true thank y'all all right merry christmas and a happy new year Thanks so much for listening to Grace and Race. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and also took away some points so that you too can better commit to practicing anti-racism in your own family and community. If you want to stay updated on episodes and join further conversations, head to laurengroves.me backslash join our list. That's laurengroves.me backslash join our list to join our email list. You can also follow us on Instagram at Lauren, two underscores, Groves, or Groves8070 to stay updated with our family and join conversations on our public platforms. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you again soon.